Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. News of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, election integrity activists and audits across the country continue to be targeted and discredited with accusations of what I've termed conspiranoia. These are ad hominem attacks. It's a setup. The other shoe is going to drop. Binkley's been on top of it, getting ready to see it unfold in full. But it is already unfolding, is it not? Yeah, the attacks on the Maricopa County Arizona ballot inspections are heating up, I would say, as the AP has jumped in, the New York Times has jumped in, AP titled an article Election Conspiracies Live On with Audit by Arizona GOP, and they go on to attack Cyber Ninja. They're trying to discredit Cyber Ninja, saying that they are inexperienced, they don't know what they're doing, they're they're using these processes like hand counting, which are unreliable, and the Arizona Secretary of State came out with a list of concerns about the ballot audit. She sent a letter expressing these concerns to the people holding the, the audit. And apparently they filed a lawsuit earlier this week. And if these concerns are not met, then it could end up back in court. So it could cause some problems for the audit. And here are the concerns that she laid out. She's a Democrat, the Secretary of State of Arizona. This is Katie Hobbs. And the first one is voter intent. She she said that the procedures are vague and insufficient to ensure the accuracy and consistency. And then the procedures offer no specifications on the standards that will be used in determining voter intent. Voters don't always mark their ballots cleanly or consistently. If a voter fills in two bubbles and circles one of the names, how do we count that vote? So she's saying, say that again, she's saying that they, that the auditors who have, who are getting ballot access have not made clear what their protocols are. Yes. Is, I mean, I just don't believe that. That's the claim. And specifically in this case, voter intent. She wants that, that confusing area where somebody, I guess, just scri- who scribbles in multiple ballots, multiple bubbles. It I can, guess it can it happen. Can I'm happen. Sure. I mean, that's there. There's always that issue. And that's why they that is what they have all the set the stuff set up for adjudication. Yeah. And, you know, it was the hanging chad problem or whatever. Yes, they have processes for that. But as far as we know, for the Georgia stuff with Garland, he had to submit to the court a proposal for the procedure that was acceptable to the other side. I don't know why it would be different. Yeah, she specifically says that the counting process is outlined in the procedures, incorporates the use of untested systems and departs from best practices for accurately hand counting ballots. And do you remember I asked Garland about the UV lights? Well, I I remember that you asked, but what, what, what does that mean? They had UV lights that they didn't say what they did. And Garland, he told us on the show, I think he said that they, you know, I can't remember exactly what he said they do, but I think they're supposed to inspect whether they've been tampered with or not, maybe under the UV lights. I don't know, maybe it's like a black light. I, I, I'm not sure. But that is one of the concerns that she laid out. She she took a swipe at Cyber Ninja's employment of forensic audit procedures, which include the UV lights to examine the ballot and the examination of ballots under a microscope. She didn't like that. She said the procedures appear to be better suited for chasing conspiracy theories than as part of a professional audit. 
Well, how else would you determine if it's the wrong paper stock or if the circle was filled out by toner ink instead of actual ink? I mean, I, and, and here's the thing. So, okay, cooperate then. Cooperate and have a joint audit at the same time where like you guys stand side by side, totally live streamed. Everybody has something acceptable. I mean, there's no reason that this, there cannot be a, a valid audit. And why would you resist at all? Why not just go through this process as many times as it takes before the lawsuits get rejected in court for having been satisfied? It appears to be can kicking like we saw with Garland here, especially right. this microscope one. Like, oh, guys got a microscope to look at the ballots. Must be a conspiracy theorist. It, it appears to be a little bit of a stretch in, so, in the case of this one. So the more they want to scrutinize the ballots, the more integrity the they want to bring to the process. Yeah. Right. So she so it's too much or too little or whatever. Yeah. There is no but it's such a tell that they are fighting so hard. Absolutely. That's what this boils down to, in my opinion. They are fighting really hard to ensure that there is no integrity in elections because they want to yes. be able to manipulate them and bend them at their will, in my opinion. The next one that she complained about is the unbiased counter. She said the procedures lack details about hiring unbiased counters, that they fail to adequately protect and document the chain of custody of the ballots, and they do not disclose a process for adding up vote tallies. Well, I would like to see her, her uh, robust counter proposal yeah exactly you know, let's what's her counter proposal and this is funny given what we saw in the videotape in the at the state farm arena here is inadequate physical security of the ballots she said observers from her office witnessed various procedural lapses when they visited the audit site including inadequate physical security of the ballots she said workers appear to be violating the procedures and there is an inexplicable disregard for the best security practices alleging that observers saw ballots left on unattended tables they saw ballots tallied on scrap paper rather than official tally sheets and the counters receiving training on the fly they saw them on the fly getting training how else are they supposed to get yeah. training when how do you get a new right. thing yeah and she says the use of cell phones on the counting floor among other things which is really funny because we saw stuff being moved around under tables and the videotapes it really hasn't been explained very well and we're crazy right absolutely we're jerks i'm not sure if we're idiots jerks crazy like i don't know yeah and but, she delivers an ultimatum, essentially. She gives, uh, she concludes her statement by saying that as the former Secretary of State, she knows that our elections are governed by a complex framework of laws and procedures that are designed to ensure accuracy and security. And therefore, the procedures governing this audit are, are, are none of those things. They, they don't ensure See, anything. I feel like that it's way, way too complex. I'm telling you. When I don't know when it was, maybe the last time I lived in L.A., which was a long time ago, but it wasn't a lifetime ago yeah. that we voted at the house down the street. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then and you just walk, you know, somebody was walking it down to the to the uh, co county city hall. Yeah, the more complexity they inject into it, the easier it is to manipulate, I, I think. Right. I mean, I feel like if everyone can watch it the whole time, like if I could just yeah, go live stream. and hang out at that house until they... I mean, even when I was in Atlanta and volunteered as a uh, like a poll worker, 
they put me in a warehouse, which I absolutely had no ability to examine those ballots. There was no validity there for me. And, yeah. and I, I mean, it's really a crisis for me because I couldn't question. I didn't even know. I just was there by myself. Nobody trained me on the fly or anything. I showed up in an address and they told me to sit in the corner. And I did for 12 hours. I read an entire book. Yeah, and I had yeah. to sign a paper that like I, I was there basically. It didn't say anything else, but like my name is, you know, I always like thought that was weird, but it was, I mean, that was a level like if I, if, if somebody who was interested could just follow them around the whole time, or maybe you have your live streaming URL with continuity, like GoPros, they had yeah. this thing called total information awareness. It was a congressional thing under Bush where they were trying to have facial and gait recognition everywhere so that every single person, as soon as you walked out of eyesight of one camera, you'd be picked up by another one. Yeah. So if you had that kind of thing for all ballots that day, I mean, they have that. They have that. They just don't share it with us about like regular citizens. They have cameras everywhere. I mean, you could do it. I just I feel like the complexity is what makes it lack transparency. I, I completely agree. And her concluding statement, it, it, to me, it says it all without saying it. I'm not sure what compelled you to oversee this audit, but I'd like to assume you took on this role with the best of intentions. It is those intentions that I appeal to now. Either do it right or don't do it at all. And I, I kind of think that do it right means come to the conclusion that you're supposed to come <laughs> yes. to yes or stop what you're doing because facts are facts but truth is truth so. exactly i think they're come terrified the of these these audit inspections i i mean i yes i feel like if you said to her okay well we all know biden won so let's just skip to that and she'd be like see she'd now back you're off talking. a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> they got to play a little misdirection in that yep. same vein Governor DeSantis, are we moving on to it? Yeah, 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 Governor DeSantis, yeah. Governor DeSantis signed a restrictive voting bill today that is that will curb access to mail-in voting in Florida, joining a, a list of other states, including Georgia. Georgia was cited a lot, saying, look what happened in Georgia to all these companies. They took the all-star game out of Georgia. This is Jim, Jim Crow on steroids. Don't you get it, Governor DeSantis? How could you, how could you do this? thing that seems so reasonable and then uh so a lot of the stuff i mean i didn't read the thing i just read i didn't read the actual law i only read the article nothing nothing's crazy in any of these laws in my opinion like uh, only when it makes it easier to vote do i think it's opens it up to fraud when it makes it harder to vote okay like don't we all have an interest in election integrity like i don't uh, the the racial thing is really getting old but one of the outcries against it a, a, a mantra that opponents were uh resorting to was please do not georgia my florida <laughs> So the fact that it was cited that like the fact that it was just a a border state as if it's infectious, maybe, you know, maybe stuff is infectious in that way, psychologically infectious. Yeah. But they were saying that. And I figured DeSantis has a uh, they're going to be after him no matter what. I don't know what his story is, but they have lax covid restrictions and uh-huh. i'm sure that people don't like that about him i don't know what role he's playing but that's that can't make that him is definitely the part of the, the florida is the state that is like 
the ideal of we're going to be anti-mask, anti-shutdown stuff. So as they go after him for that, and people talk about, I'm going to move to Florida now. It's funny, I just saw pop up on CBS the little list of the voter restriction things in Florida, and the third one they had was it prohibits people influencing those who are standing in line waiting to vote. I think it's funny how they changed the wording of that because that's the same thing Georgia had in place when it comes to the people who are election operatives. I saw a operatives. lot of them were Georgia yeah. laws. But because of the way the the election operative one or the political operative one was framed in the Georgia law, it, it turned into, oh, you're not allowed to bring water to people who right. are standing in line. It totally just, they I wonder, misread the whole thing. I wonder if they also reduce the district size so small like it's only in georgia it's only two thousand people so there that would just eliminate the lines like you don't need like a constant stream you know you can go a long time you can go at least an hour without water like you yeah can, you don't need but you can get water though from people who work there of the course. polling can and bring I, you water and with however many trillions of dollars we pay in taxes in this country, when they talk about like wounded warrior or volunteers to bring election, whatever, yeah. or I got an appeal to like help restore capital buildings. I'm like the, the few things that I could actually argue are meant for taxes. I mean, I, I don't think anything should be, but if you were to have be a minarchist instead of an anarchist, those would be the things that they should be included. Yeah. And one of the things that they said in the law law, what which drives me crazy in the article was as a response to the the um, lunatic fringe position that there was anything, any problems with the November 2020 election. You know, and of course, as Garland says, most of the time, the people for election integrity are are the Democrats, because you would be surprised like when you when you don't sympathize with the left, you tend to not hear the legitimate criticisms of the right. I mean, I don't really sympathize with the political right, but I get that. So uh, a lot of the, I think I would say the majority. Well, there's been, let's just say this, there is tons and tons of evidence that Republicans mess around with the elections and the laws and stuff on purpose. And the yeah. Democrats do similar things. So to, for people to come out saying it's, it's crazy to think there was the election problems is crazy. But, uh, and they all say that in these articles, but Liz Cheney, who, I mean, yikes, demon spawn, no doubt, but she, I wonder if she's going to, Become a Democrat. Well, you mean in name? Because she seems to she be. She already, already is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to switch to that party, which is she a senator? Yeah, I believe so. See, that would give them a 100% she, clear majority. Yeah, is she a. That's a good question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they would. They would you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't even need Kamala as a tiebreaker. You wouldn't She's have to a congresswoman. That. She's in okay. the House. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Anyway, I still think that something something's coming there. She doesn't. She's not out front for no. Yeah, reason. they put her out front for a reason, and she's the center, the focal point of attacks or quote attacks from the right right now. Speaking of the right, I got a campaign email. I got an email oh, from somebody who's running. Are you? Are Donald you? Donald Trump Republican? emailed me personally. Whoa. Emailed me just like he personally texts me all the time. Patriot, we need twenty dollars. To, can we count on you for twenty dollars? <laughs> He's morphing this? into fake Alex Jones a little bit. There. Uh, that was a little Alex Jonesy right there. <laughs> that was a little. Uh, I was listening to some Alex Jones last night. So maybe that was stuck. In Real Alex Jones? 
Yes, I, I, I saw what you said with the that guy does a really good impression. Yeah, the, yeah, the he's guy good. on Howard Stern. Yeah, he did, and he gets uh, all the buzzwords right. Well, for like, a while, I agreed with them. If you listen to it long <laughs> enough, the the parody that Howard Stern did yeah. of Alex Jones you start to think you're actually listening to Alex Jones because he wasn't even doing it exaggerated. He was just saying some of the stuff yeah. that Alex Jones Oh, I'm telling you, I agree with it. Says. Yeah, I agree right. with it. And that's why yeah. my husband was laughing. He's like, you, you sounds like you. I'm like, he's right. He's right about all yeah. that. And then, but in the background is the Bill Gates lizard puppet. I saw that. So yeah. it's so funny. It's so funny. But I actually think the fake Alex Jones seems slightly more sane than the current real well, Alex Jones who got like fat and you know, you know looks a yeah. little stressed. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know where I heard it? I heard it on Alex Jones show cuz he played the entire thing. What? Yeah, cuz it's pretty thing. good. Yeah, it was, it was good. good. Wow, wow, that's so crazy. Oh my gosh, it's like folding in on itself. It's <laughs> I think he played it because of what you said because the guy was right about a lot of things totally. he was saying. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So the email I got from Trump, <laughs> I'll read it to you. It's very short. Okay. In all caps, Brad. So it says in all caps, Brad. If you didn't hear, President Trump said he may be reuniting with the American people to hold his first rally in months. Months is all caps. This will be a gathering of patriots unlike anything we've ever seen. President Trump will do what he does best by inspiring grassroots supporters and calling out the liberal news media. Which is interesting. They have liberal and news capitalized. The only question is, where should (laughs) President Trump hold this historic, all caps, event? So they ask me, we'd like to know, where do you think Trump should hold his first rally in months? And I I think my backyard would be great. So I don't have to go anywhere and make it really, really easy. Not literally. Oh, literally your backyard. No, literally the backyard. Yes. Like my house. Just come here. Yes. I don't want to have to drive anywhere and get in traffic. (laughs) You'll make him some sweet tea yeah you can have some uh, hot chocolate maybe some sweet tea whatever he's gonna be doing rallies they're, they're trying to figure out where he's gonna start and i think this is gonna give the news media something to really dive in and and draw up that trump hate again and cover again because the covering he, of biden is yeah. just boring yeah yeah totally boring totally boring uh he will he will. I, I think he will campaign for the like Congress and stuff, the yeah. midterm elections. I don't think he's campaigning for himself. I think he is doing that media. Maybe for company. DeSantis. But the one thing it's DeSantis. DeSantis. I Excuse think. me. I can look at it. So. Uh, so look, Elon Omar was calling for the Democrats to rally against Mitch McConnell and say this was a. This was a. She want. I think she, this is a quote from her. Let's grow a backbone. She wants to get rid of the filibuster, and of course, without the filibuster, that that, that really makes that a, yep. a, a runaway train. That's an there. indivisible initiative. They they hit yeah. that every week. But this is what pisses me off: is that Trump was Trump was the one who kind of made those kind of comments and brought that stuff to the right. Like process, be damned. We need to win while we can. Like that just makes me annoyed because. I, I firmly believed at the time, and I still believe that he was there to undermine ideology and principle uh, to the extent that it just would not die because of people like Ron Paul or or whatever, the people who supported Ron Paul, even if Ron Paul was a limited hangout, like that's a whole hell of a lot better than Trump. I think he really did undermine a lot of the ideology and principle there. And we have enough time for one more story. So before 
the last story, the penultimate story. And I think we should turn our attention to COVID or the vaccines. What's your top pick for that? For the second to last story? Yes, the penultimate. Isn't that a great word? Penultimate. That's a great word. Yes, pen, so penultimate. Maybe we should, since it's such a great word, we should go to a great university and talk about what that university is doing. Sure. The, I actually went to the university that was in I know. The you today. did. I thought of you when I saw this story. And I don't know if you'd go there now because of this, because Harvard has joined the list of schools that is going to be requiring on-campus students to get the vaccine. So students who are planning to be on campus Ouch. should... Yeah. They should have been at least two weeks out from receiving their final dose of the vaccine. So they don't and, give anybody COVID? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> It's, it's got to sure be the Pfizer, why. Moderna, or Johnson and Johnson. Oh, it, oh, really? They're yeah. naming oh, names now, are they? They are naming Boy, names. Boy, that's really. Or I guess whatever. That's because it's authorized at this point. But or the AstraZeneca, mm -hmm. they can have that one. They can Holy have that crap! One well. Really? Yeah. I'm sure most of those, or a lot of those girls, are on birth control. I might, I might think twice about the ones that. Well, there's so many beta guys that go <laughs> there. The I blood. don't know if they're going to be having. I know, I know. I mean, that presupposes that they are actually getting it on, which I, I question. The most, it, yeah, the most interesting part of the story is they throw this little tidbit in towards the end of this article. It says, faculty, staff, and researchers who work on Harvard's campus are also expected. To make every effort to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. So the hmm. researchers, faculty and staff are not hmm. required like the students hmm. are. That's interesting. That is very telling because those places a lot of times have the inside track. It's right near MIT, which is uh, probably the, uh, the, the, the nucleus of the deep state when it comes to science and stuff. Who knows? Yeah, this really... This really is an applications process. If they only want progressives coming to Harvard, job done. Right. That's what I'm saying about. But like it, it seems to work oppositely. So if what you're trying to do is separate people out from vaxxers and non-vaxxers and you're on the side of the vaxxers. I mean, I think there's no question. I mean, there's no question, right? Because you're not you're you're non-vaxxers. Even if vaccines save lives, your non-vaxxers are going to say a bunch of them die of COVID. The ones who don't die of COVID will have absolutely no impairment from this untested, this uh, unapproved thing. Whereas your vaxxers may have this whole host of unknown physical residual effects. So it just goes to that thing. Like people are, are, are like, oh, Israel's whatever, one of the triumvirate that rules the world's like, maybe their elite are, but they've put their people through the most rigorous vaccine program out there. So I wonder, like these elites, this goes back to the old thing that they, the nationalities do not reach all the way up to the sky there. They don't go up to the elites. The elites use their own people. It's like the human hunting parties and the baby's blood and stuff. Yeah. Many people have testified that, 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 that elite, if you think it exists or whatever, but the, the people who do testify on the behalf of that being true say that their own parents sacrificed like a kid. Like think of Hinckley who shot Ronald Reagan. Like he was a Bush family friend. I mean, if Bush is going to try to take over the top spot and take a hit out on, on the number one guy. He was a friend of the family. Ouch. Yeah. And that guy had mental problems. Like I think they take, they, they, they don't mind sacrificing their own, for uh you know for whatever plan they have uh, not to go sidetrack too far i'll make it quick but 
Hitler, Nazi Germany, they captured Stalin's son, who was a soldier. Now, they offered to give him back to Stalin in exchange for two generals or multiple generals. Stalin responded by saying, I don't trade soldiers for generals, sacrificing his own son, which made Hitler respect him. Okay. So that I'm saying you're I think you're right. (laughs) The only that actually I will tell you, my mother raised me like taught us like she would never uh, sacrifice the the wrong the right person for the wrong person if the wrong person was her kid. So if you got a divorce, you run her kids and got a divorce. If her kid was the one who was wrong, she was friendlier with the divorced spouse. Like that would be the person you would invite to the weddings and stuff. Yeah. And she would also say, like, if somebody was suspected of doing something wrong, like she would say, I'm not saying she would run out of her way to tattle, but she would never lie or defend the person ever. Like if someone was going to go to jail for what she'd be like, I mean, I don't think she wanted people going to jail for like minor drug infractions, which are against you know, it's immoral to send somebody to jail for that, but whatever. Okay. So I did but want Stalin's to Stalin's son was doing what Stalin told him to do in going to fight the war. Right. Oh, okay. So what I was going to say is it's all, everything about that story was wrong, 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 except for, uh, for Stalin to treat people equally. You know, it's not crazy for me to say treat somebody equally, even if they're your child. And actually, I think this is a Catholic concept where, you're not supposed to favor anyone over anyone else. Like we're all supposed to be yeah. brothers and sisters and whoa, that's yeah. like a lot for me to get my mind around. But m- m- mommy is living it. I can tell you that right now. My mom, we call her mommy. So, uh, okay. So uh, I had to say somebody, a patron, I-, I try not to name names unless I asked first and I didn't, uh, made a point that other people have made to me before. And I absolutely must clarify this. When I talk about waiting for the Novavax vaccine, wondering what's going on with that, why are they slow walking it, yada, yada, uh, that it's a more conventional vaccine and I would want to see what was up with that. I have no desire or intention to take the vaccine and I don't want anyone in my family to do that probably foremost of which is i am i don't understand the nature of this disease of viruses to the extent they're anything but exosomes like i'm not i don't think so i don't understand it i don't think the vaccines work i'm not looking for a vaccine that works i'm not uh, promoting it. I mean, maybe it does like maybe this, I, you know, I looked at the studies. I'm not convinced that they do very much, but I don't know because they didn't use high risk people in the studies. So to me, the studies really didn't mean anything. But what um, I was being taken to task for is uh, thinking that maybe the Novavax vaccine would work, even though what we're told is COVID, SARS-19, whatever, has never been isolated, that all of these vaccines are based on a simulated genome, if I understand it correctly. I don't know. I've read all that stuff. I agree. I don't, I'm not suggesting that one vaccine is safer or more efficacious than another. I just feel like one that is a conventional vax over a gene therapy 
might be something that we've all seen in our lives as being potentially less harmful than something we haven't seen. I don't know. A doctor told me a long time ago, you're better off with drugs that have been around and in the market for a really long time because you would know. Oh, he was promoting hydroxychloroquine. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I think he was promoting Prozac or I don't know what the hell he was promoting. So, yeah, it makes sense. You know how they affect people if they've been around a long time. Right. And he's, and his argument was like, you would know. And I'm like, well, we do know. Like, or maybe it was Accutane. I'm like, we do know. It's, it's not good. <laughs> you know, Accutane's we do know. And you're drug. telling me, it's like when people say, oh, well, scientists wouldn't say it was fine if it wasn't fine. I'm like, yeah, they would. <laughs> Which scientists? Yeah, of course they would. I read Edward <laughs> Bernays' book. Edward Bernays says, create a science institute of your organization and then just say, such and such science institute said, science is used to manipulate. Yeah. Lies, damn lies and statistics. Same principle. Okay. Well, of course, as usual, I totally blow up the clock. (laughs) I did too, in your defense. Before we get to our last big story of the free 30, which I guess we're not going to be able to spend as much time on as I had hoped. And I really hope so, because it's got a lot of math in it. (laughs) (laughs) Biden has been complaining about the pay gap. Between the CEO and the average worker in whatever, I'll tell you the details in a minute. Uh, But what about, and I just coined this, what about the tax gap? I'll tell you what I mean in the last big story of the Free 30. And in the patron 15, wait for it, wait for it, vaccine myths. Now, let's see what are what are vaccine myths and maybe we can find out some vaccine truths while we're at it. <laughs> and uh, Binkley, did you tell me you were going to tell us about a a Duggar porn monitor? Did I get yeah, that story that's in right? the news today. That was in the news today. <laughs> Yikes. Actually, I find that story very sad. So let, let us yeah. let us do keep that for the patron 15. So we don't have to bring everybody down because they're going to they're going to be riding high after my math story. Uh, yeah, I hope, I hope there's a lot of calculus involved. But first, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. You know who I'm talking about. Etienne de la Boetsy Squared and his wildly popular book. Uh, one of m- several books that he has, but Government's the Biggest Scam in History. You can find it at www.governments-scam.com slash Monica. And if you go there... You will see the interview that we did, which we were going to do anyway. At, it was absolutely serendipitous or may, maybe synchronistic, as uh, Michael Wan, who we had an interview with yesterday, might call it, that we were going to interview Etienne anyway. And then he decided to sponsor the show. So I guess we're coming from the same place. And we had a great interview with him. You can find that at, at governmentscam.com slash Monica. And you can get a 10% discount. I believe the promo code there is Monica. This is a really cool book. There's other stuff too. But I mean, you can see he just uh, breaks down propaganda and the uh, propaganda that we see today he compares it to what what they've done in other countries in history you can see the patterns emerge and it's designed for visual learners so you can kind of pick up what he's talking about you hit a page and it kind of gets right into the center of your brain and i've seen it work i've seen it many times and i've gotten plenty of emails saying they love the book 
The people are ordering it. He recommends, Etienne recommends you order five copies and you give them out to people. And I actually did that. He didn't, he sent me plenty of stuff, Grazzi, but I bought five copies myself to give away to people. I think maybe are ready for it. Just leave it on your coffee table, whatever. And uh, he also did a great Leave it at a dentist of, office or something like that. I never thought about that. Oh, that's a great idea. The, the lobby. Or the ER in the hospital. Nobody would ever... They yeah. wait a long time there. Yeah. And nobody would ever... I'm, I doubt people are cleaning that up. Oh, that's so smart. Dang. I love it. <laughs> so take your five copies and just distribute them. Nice. Okay, so... Uh, but I did. I He didn't ask me to do this, but I want to shout out his interview with James Corbett as well. So if you go to governmentscam.com and just go into the search bar for Corbett, C-O-R-B-E-T-T, you can find his interview there. We deliberately did not do the same thing he did with Corbett, but with Corbett, he walks through the book. So and it's really, really great. And I mean, I can't say enough about it. So. Enjoy that. He's also got resources there of what events are coming up, what you can actually do. He keeps it current. In the book, it's pretty current. Uh, but you can, if you look at the book on his website, you can click through on a lot of hot links. Uh, and I mean, I really admire the effort he's putting into this and highly encourage you support him. And also, uh, you can find, if you, if you forget all this, go to thepropreport.com and click through on shop. Click through on shop and there's a sponsor. You can click through to sponsors and you can find all our sponsors there, including this one. And uh, if you want to support us by supporting our sponsors, that's great. If you want to support us by getting more of our fabulous content, that's even better. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. It's really, really fantastic. I, I, we, we did think about doing that kind of extra content in our workaday thing. But Rockfin is a, is a platform, a video platform mainly that we don't have to worry about. Every time we do something cool on YouTube, it gets taken down. It gets, I mean, we forget about monetizing. We totally stop that. And then what's the point, right? You're, we're so busy. So they, they asked us to put exclusive content up there and it has really, like a lit a fire under us to pick apart the propaganda that the powers that be literally just they zoom with each other and post it on YouTube. Binkley finds it in real time. We bring it to you. We tell you what it means. I think it's fantastic. What's the latest on Rockfin right now? The latest one, we did a little something a little bit different in that we deconstructed some very clear examples of propaganda types of techniques that you see everywhere right now, where we showed how Stephen Colbert uses musical propaganda and jingles just over the top World War II like stuff to spread vaccine propaganda and how we compare Jimmy Kimmel's interview with two crackheads or former crackheads, one being Hunter Biden, the other being Mike Lindell and how he just treated them so, so different. Can I tell you, did you see the tip we got on that video today? I did not. It's uh, we got a tip. Thank you. I'm not going to name names, of course, without permission. But here was the comment. Excellent, insightful work comparing Kimmel's treatment of Biden and Lindell. Lindell seems like a classy and genuine fellow. Now I want to check out his platform. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, it it did. He boy, he won that one. He won that one. He did not break. 
Kimmel tried to break him. He tried to push you know him, why? and he didn't. Because break. he's a good guy on the inside. He's yeah. got humility and stuff. You can't, you can't break a guy like that. It was really a pleasure to watch. My, I wish. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to go back and watch just the whole. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden talking. Not even kid gloves. He rolled yeah. out the red carpet for him. Now, so if you if you watch that, if you subscribe through that video, it's rockfin.com slash propaganda report. You get all of our exclusive stuff there, all the free stuff we put up there. So basically, we put all our interview videos up there because YouTube sucks and you can find everybody else's exclusive content and free content up there. It's really exploding. It's a great platform. And uh, I hate to charge people twice. So if you want to have the premium all content available Patreon tier, I will cut you a deal that makes that uh, a deep discount on our top tier at Patreon. So if you are a patron, just message me and I'll tell you how to get that done, what that deal is. And without further ado, let us get to the last story of the free 30. And I will tell you, we're way over already, <laughs> but I'm going to do it because I teased to it. Yeah, go for it. Biden said sometime in the 2000s, the average CEO of a Fortune 500 company made about 36 times what the average employee of that corporation made. He says it's over 450 times as much now as my mother would say, who died and left them boss. OK, so. What? <laughs> that just, you know, blows my mind like they're boss. They're yeah. the boss. Yeah. Nobody died and left them, boss. They actually earned it and negotiated it. And right. all those other people work for that guy. And uh, it says we're not going to deprive an executive of a second home or traveling privately by jet. He said I, a lot of them do not travel privately by jet unless it's for the company. Oh, the Fortune 500 is big. So people don't work their asses off. Mm -hmm. and the, so so let's say what does it take to make that kind of money? A lot of education, uh, you have to be really, really smart and you have to sacrifice everything else. It's extreme imbalance. Or you have to be Joe Biden's son. <laughs> yes. Or or what's happening now, the more we get socialists, if you're government connected politician guy, you get that position, yeah. like the Coca-Cola guy, whatever. Yeah. So that's disgusting. I hate that. And and that just I saw that tipping point with Obama. And maybe it was just in my mind that it wasn't like that before, but it's definitely like that now. And that is gross. So to the extent those guys are politicians, just not really earning that kind of money. But uh, it was bull anyway, because I looked it up and I have a couple of things I'll put in the show notes, put the links there, which you can find at thepropreport.com. Uh, so I looked it up and I just said, OK, what's the average salary for a Fortune 500 Worker, it's a hundred thousand dollars. What's the, what's the average salary for the CEO of a Fortune 500 company? Different articles said it was twelve million dollars. Okay, so that's a lot. Uh, Wait, so so is the victim here the hundred thousand dollar a year worker? Yes, yes. <laughs> and and here's the thing. So the guy at the top, he makes a hundred and twenty times, not four hundred and fifty times. Okay, so he makes a hundred and twenty times with that guy. That's a lot, right? But. He so 
the person who's making a hundred grand is paying, guess how much that person. So I put it in a California tax calculator, income tax, not even considering property tax, capital gains tax, sales tax, any of that other stuff. But the person who's making a hundred grand living in California say, how much taxes do you think that person's paying? 50%. In dollars. 50,000. He's paying $30,000 in taxes. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, especially when it costs like five times as much to live in LA as in Atlanta. But okay. So the guy is paying, making $12 million in California. How much do you think his taxes are? Five million. The hunt. Six million two hundred and ninety six thousand dollars so he's paying more than half yeah so so his salary is 120 times the other guy's salary his tax bill is 207 times the other guy and that's crazy if you were, if he were to make 450 times with that guy if he was making 45 million dollars in California, so his salary were actually 450 times. His tax bill would be $24 million. (laughs) He would pay 780 times the taxes of that guy. So that, my friend, is the tax gap. And it looks like really like, who cares? You can still live on $4 million a year in L.A. But think of the guy who's making $1 million. Who's yeah, making one million? Eventually, there's going to be no incentive to try and make of that course. money. So let's just look at that real quick. So uh, if I put in one million, if I put in one million in California, the guy who makes a million, he takes home five hundred and twenty thousand. So this guy who's making, you know, paying four hundred eighty thousand dollars a year in taxes. He's taking home 500 grand. He's working like a dog. You're like, you can't make a million bucks in LA and not work your ass off. So he's working like a dog. His kids are not using the public schools, although I'm sure he's paying whatever, tens of thousands of dollars in taxes for those schools. He's got to live way close to work because you don't work that much and you can't have an hour and a half commute. Yeah. And that makes your cost of living double, triple. I mean, and that tax gap between that guy who makes 10 times as much, he's paying 15 times the taxes of a guy who's making 100 grand. So of that of that poor homeless person having to struggle and live off 170 grand because he's getting having to pay, you said, 30,000 yeah, taxes. He has to live off 70 grand. That, that, that's crazy when. Because you don't hear that when Biden's talking about this. You don't hear the the victim that he's talking about because he talks about it as though these people that are being victimized by the particular rich people he's talking about are living in low income communities and struggling just to get food. When in reality is they're making more money than most of us. Right. And and they're making they're keeping way more than the idiot who's like worked his ass off to get to the top and yeah. lost his wife already, whatever. Right. So <laughs> kids hate him. Yeah, all that. So I wrote an article once called The Forgotten Four Percent. And I did some math, love math. The the bottom ninety-five percent of earners pay 
40% of the taxes. The top 1% of earners pay 40% of the taxes. So that 96% pay 80% of the taxes. But it's the 4%, like the doctors, the lawyers, the guys who work their asses off, went to school till they were 30, have all those school loans and all that shit. They're, oops, sorry. They are making, they're paying 20% of the taxes. Yeah. So when he's talking about income taxes, the idle rich, like let's just say the idle rich are the 1%. So they're the people fine. Who are, who are not, Say that again. They're fine. So it's those. Well, they're not paying the income taxes when yeah. they say we're raising income tax rates. No, nobody who's that rich. That's why Warren Buffett doesn't pay income tax. It's because income tax is when you get a paycheck for going to work. Somebody yeah. writes you a paycheck. Yeah. You don't get that when you're owning a company or owning property. You pay other kinds of taxes, property taxes, wealth taxes, stuff like that, which is at a much lower rate. So whenever they're talking about income taxes, I think the sole purpose of the income tax is to make sure doctors like Ron Paul never have enough money to retire early enough to go to Congress. And I mean that literally. That's what that progressive tax rate is about. Ask Mm -hmm. your friend Lenin. Vladimir Lenin? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And you thought it was bad enough that we went over 10 minutes for the math, but... I cannot neglect the things that I must tell you. Very, very fun and exciting things coming up. I'm super, super excited. What excites me the most in the world, especially on a Thursday? Well, I was going to say math, but then it's just a Thursday. <laughs> cocktails. Math and cocktails and the and DPP. It, yes, we have a DPP tomorrow. So last week we did a fifth Friday DPP. So your schedule might be off, but tomorrow, and I did have some delicious cocktails, but I think I had a little bit too many of them. So tomorrow we'll be back to diet gin and tonics, but it is going to be <laughs> super, super fun. It is the first Friday disappearing patron party. So anybody in a party level tier, patron of the truth, friend of the show, patron saint, you're welcome to join us. I'll put out the link tomorrow so it's not to confuse anyone. It'll pop up in your email. Look for it. Click in. If you think you belong or should be able to open that and you can't, shoot me a message on Patreon. Then on Saturday, this is something that people are, have been clamoring for. We had a fantastic patron saint Zoom party on homeschooling. And because out of courtesy, we did not record it. Boy, everybody even on the call is like, you should have recorded it. It was fantastic. So we're going to try to recreate it, but in, a, in an open forum. So Jill, who was one of the homeschoolers who really, uh, she just knew the process from start to finish it for kids. She knew everything you needed to do to educate the kids, to advocate, to do outside resources. She was really a powerhouse of information. And there were a lot of people there who had a lot of stuff to add. So We are going to do a live stream with Jill on Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, this Saturday, May 8th, on the Propaganda Report YouTube channel. I'll put it in the patron feed. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter handle, at Monica Perez Show right now. And uh, if you are a homeschooler, come join the chat. If you want to know about homeschooling, it'll be just like the DPP where we pull up questions. We talk to Jill. She answers our questions, but people will also be asking and answering each other's questions in the chat. Trust me, it's going to be very cool. And we're uh, it'll be 60 or 90 minutes. And if it turns out well, we will put it in the audio feed. But, it, it, you know, we never know. So if you want to really be sure to participate, come 
to the live feed. It's Saturday, May 8th, this Saturday at 11 a.m. And finally... We are going to have a patron saint Zoom party. We're going to talk about natural health questions. So that is going to be a Zoom party May 16th. If you want to participate this one, it's very hard to have a huge crowd. So we have to keep it small. You have to be a patron saint. It is only open to patron saints. It is May 16th. Make sure you're in that tier if you want to be a part of it. And uh, you have plenty of time for that. That's May 16th, so we'll give you details on Patreon for that. Very excited about that. And, uh, and I'm, I want to hear about these weird things that you have to tell us about in the Patreon 15. So I'm done. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.